Hey guys, before we jump into this week's episode, I wanna tell you about the Golink membership. This is a member-only community for growth junkies looking to delve into life's challenges. We have weekly calls where you get to ask questions that apply to your personal situation. There are weekly themes where you get to learn from me, guest experts, and others in the community. Plus, you get member-only content that isn't on social media or YouTube. So if you ever get the feeling of wanting to participate and engage in the conversations that we have on this podcast, then this is for you. And even cooler is that we'll get more in-depth and targeted just for you. So this group is new and we're offering a discount for founding members. Click the link in the description to snag this deal. All right, now to the regularly scheduled program. What's up, what's up everyone? Welcome to another week of The GoLink Show. My name is Ben, the host and founder of GoLink. GoLink is a supportive community of growth junkies and life learners embracing weekly challenges. Each week we find a new way to level up and learn something new. So it could be a cold shower, waking up at 5 a.m., a kind act, taking yourself on a date, journaling, meditating, various fitness activities, and much more. These challenges are inspired by mission-driven brands that align with our values. So if you're crazy like me and you love to level up and you're always looking for ways to evolve and grow and step into your fullest potential, then GoLink is just for you. Join us every week on social media to participate in these weekly challenges. Embrace the challenge with me at GoLink Group. The GoLink Show, this podcast, recounts experiences from life enthusiasts with a unique perspective. So they could be a mother, a teacher, business owner, coach, entrepreneur, somebody with many years of experience, or someone just stepping into their arena. Wherever they are in life's journey, we all have a story to tell. So we delve into the struggles that we come across during our journey. How do we find the will to make it through? What role does failure play in our lives? What tools and lessons have we learned from those difficult experiences? Let's talk about the process and not just the result. We discuss this and much more in the show. Thanks for tuning in. All right, guys, this is definitely the best way that we've ever started an interview with a rap. So get ready for it. Welcome Brian Johnson, a.k.a. BJ the Dreamer, to The Goaling Show, an author, inspirational figure, Emmy Award winner, but most importantly, an all-around good, genuine dude. So he has quite the story, like on the verge of suicide, sleeping in his car, getting blackout drunk, and then he moved out west with only $300 in his pocket and he flipped his life around. So this is a really cool story, get ready to be inspired. He breaks down some life lessons along his journey, including what he's learned from working with celebrities, like meeting Will Smith, Snoop Dogg, and many other people. So I won't hold this out any longer because it's dope. All right, my friends, enjoy this episode with Brian or BJ the Dreamer. Brian, my man, good morning. Good morning, bro. Thanks for being here, dude. This is on my little trip to LA and Santa Monica. Yeah, I love you. You're actually in the Pacific Palisades. The, the Palisades yeah. near Santa Monica. Mm -hmm. This is a nice neighborhood. It is, it's great, man. <laughs> I mean, I, I've, I've hiked over here a few times. I love it. That's dope. Well, I think, I thought it was gonna, I have a good idea of how to start this off. Okay. And then we'll explain why this is important. Okay. And I love it. There is no pre-plan. I didn't pre-screen you or anything, so that's what I like to do. Let's rap. So I'll be your hype man if you rap the Kanye verse. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, 
You you want me to do the Kanye verse? Let's do it, dude. What you know what Kanye verse I'm talking about, so just go for it. Mm. I just needed time alone with my own thoughts. Got treasures in my mind, but couldn't open up my, my own vault. My childlike creativity, purity, and honesty is honestly being crowded by these grown thoughts. thoughts. Reality is catching up to me. Taking my inner child, I feel like I'm fighting for custody, custody. with these responsibilities that they entrusted custody. me. As I look down on my gold, trusted case to Jesus yeah. peace. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There we go, dude. Okay. I love it. That's how we started. Um, that was, I remember that album, and I just, I love how you use that as a reference of how that was such a, like a pivotal point for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Because music de- definitely does have that um, that impact, but I just, so what specifically, let's go right after kind of the moment you were in a why that's so important, but what lyrics had like an impact on you? It was the thing about I just need time alone with my own thoughts. Mm. I got these treasures, I got these dreams, I got these ideas, I got these things that I want to do, yeah. but I can't open up my own vault. Like I can't figure it out. I don't know necessarily know how to go about doing it. Like I don't have the clarity that I need. I'm not I don't have the connections. Like I so that that verse spoke to me. Like I'm a huge Kanye fan mm-hmm. and I've heard people, you know, when I'm doing webinars and training and coaching or on the stage and they're like a song yeah. prevented you from wanting to take I'm like but that's what yeah. I love it I love it though you know it's the power of music going back to what mm-hmm. you said and so uh, it was those lyrics specifically I mean the the entire verse like I said I say it in the book I say it all the time I've heard those lyrics a thousand times but specifically for some reason on that day they stood out to me more than ever that's dope dude so let's go into that moment of where like where were you in your life and your feelings and your emotions at that time so I was working a, um, I was consulting for a nonprofit, and I was the national field director or project manager, so to speak. And I had promised it was my job to go into the community and find, uh, uh, or find those those specific. How can I say this without necessarily giving anything away? Um, it was just my job to go into the community to identify what areas didn't have access to broadband. And mm-hmm. so through that, it was also my job to identify those um, impoverished areas, those after school programs that I mean, those schools that needed after school programs specifically that didn't mm-hmm. have access to the Internet. And so I had cool. promised a lot of kids and a lot of program directors around the country computers. And so the, the CEO of the company that I was working for has started misappropriating the funds. You know, he was more interested in having Super Bowl parties and doing certain things. Okay. And so we started running out of money. And so all of the, the people, the thousands of kids around the country that I had promised uh, computers, I was not able to deliver them to them. That really, you know, that really hit me. It really hurt me. So I had to quit my job. I had to walk away because there was some stuff. I just didn't want to be associated with that. Mm-hmm. And um, at the time, I was heavily invested into my dreams and not having, like, saving. I was like, saving for what? I'm, I'm investing into my <laughs> dreams. Yeah. So, um Shortly after that, man, I, I ended up, you know, getting evicted from my home, hiding my car in my apartment because it was on the verge of being repossessed. And um, I was just trying. I was just in a rough phase of just trying to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. What was looking back at it? So in this show, I I uncomfortably like to kind of stick around those moments. Yeah. Because we already know the good news. Right. We, we know the good news. We yeah, know we the do. good news. You're out your hair, right? <laughs> And like, what was one of those moments, like looking back of you're like, man, I can't believe I lived through that. 
Like, because I know there's some moments that yeah. you're just like, what? Yeah, there's a few moments. I'll give you, I'll give you three. Mm-hmm. The first one was taking showers at LA Fitness, you know. Mm-hmm. The second one was really sleeping in my car, mm-hmm. um, having to navigate and figure it out. And the third one would be drinking so much to the point I was blacking out and just wanting wow. to numb the pain. You know, um, the amount that, I mean, I was, I would start, you know, early in the day, I would go to Chili's up the street because I eventually started living on a friend's couch. And uh, I just had to develop a relationship with the bartender and all the bartenders, to be quite frank with you. And wow. there I, I go up there and sit and drink and eat chips and salsa. And they would just give free. you drinks where they give you drinks free. Yeah. Wow. Pretty much. I mean, I tip him at the end of the day, but That's you know, whatever I had and yeah. man, my mom was giving me like 50 bucks a week. Like, you know, my mom's not rich. We didn't, you know, we didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't come from money, but she was giving yeah. me what she could. And yeah, man, that's what I was doing at the time, you know? And that's what's crazy. Like, because we really do overlook that stuff so easily. Yeah. But did you like lived it? Like, <laughs> right. You know, right. Like when you think back to it, even right now, does it bring up moments of, I don't want uh, uh, triggers like or any means like of like, like yeah. what does it bring up? That's a great question. No, no it doesn't. I, I think for me now it's more so about, man, there are so many people out there that are dealing with something similar. Yeah. And the fact of the matter that I went through it and I mm-hmm. came out on the other side. What about that experience and what have I learned along this journey? Can I directly give to people? Because I know that there are tons of people out there in the world who are struggling with things like that on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's pretty much my focus and really trying to dial down into where how I overcame isn't the standard. It's not the only way, mm-hmm. but it is a way. And so mm-hmm. hopefully the advice that I can help, you know, give people is something for them to be able to get out of the situation that they're in. Well, I like that. I like how you said it's just a way because I've definitely been. I've thought of this before when you watch people or you research people or they listen books, you know, conferences, that's like, you do, you feel like sometimes like that's the only way. Right. But it's like, no, that's just an inspiration. Like we're in all different. So what is your way? How did you get out of that? Oh, so the first thing is that I'm spiritual Mm -hmm. and I'm, I've, I used to, I grew up really, really religious growing up in the South. You said you lived in Greenville for quite some time. So I grew Mm -hmm. up in the Bible belt. I was in church every Sunday, grew up really, really religious. And at that particular time, when I hit rock bottom, I'd ask God, like, listen, strip me down. This is is crazy. Right Mm -hmm. before all of that happened, Mm -hmm. I was just in a place in my life where I just felt as if I wasn't really getting that achievement or wasn't really striking the goal that I wanted to strike. And so Mm -hmm. I'd ask God, I was like, listen, just please strip me down from anything like completely like I just want to get so aligned with what my dreams are. I don't mm-hmm. care what you got to take me through to get me to where I need to go. Mm-hmm. And so it started there, but I wasn't I didn't really think about that <laughs> until m- maybe like a Til few years, happened. like after okay. like I look back and I was like, wow, like you got what you asked for. Yeah. Ask and you shall receive. Yeah. Yeah. One of those things. And mm-hmm. so for me, the difference in all of this is that we try to do things on our own. We try to do things on our own. And so I had yep. found a mentor, somebody who had already did something very similar to what I wanted to do. Mm. I was broke, didn't have a lot of money, but I, was, I knew I had skills that I could add value to him. And so I reached out to him and we had already had a previous relationship. And you were in, was this, you were in Alabama or in Atlanta? I was in Atlanta. Okay. I was in Atlanta at the time. And so I reached out to him and like I said, we had a mutual relationship and I told him, I said, listen, you know, what you do is so great. I want to learn. 
you don't have to pay me nothing. I don't necessarily know what areas in your business you need help specifically, mm -hmm. but I want to just come learn. I just want to come work with you. You know, are you open to that? And he told me to come out to LA. And so I had some sky miles from all the traveling <laughs> I that I yeah. was doing. And um, he said, come out here first and see if you like it. And I came out here and it just felt right. Mm. You know, it just felt right. It's just one of those aha moments where it just everything felt right. So mm -hmm. I went back home and reached out to a bunch of my friends and told them what my plan was, what I was doing. Nobody knew the specifics, but I told them I had lost my job and I was getting ready to transition yeah. to Los Angeles. And so I rounded up some money from friends and family members and got on the plane. And um, by the time I had paid off some stuff and just tried to position myself, I had $325 in a red suitcase. And uh, so going back to your initial question, mm -hmm. It was finding somebody who had already done what yeah. I was looking to do. That's how I got out of my situation. That's cool. And so how, how many years ago was that that you moved? This December, December 9th would be seven years. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, you t talk about your talent producing. So did you, obviously you came out, were you doing that in Atlanta before you came to L.A.? I was kind of talent producing. Um, when I Going back to what I said initially, I was like the national field director. I mm -hmm. also would like have to bring in corral celebrities for our events so our process was or my process was i would go out into these different cities uh connect with local municipalities to figure out and do an assessment of who were some of the key players in that market to figure out why broadband was needed because it was all about access because mm -hmm. these you know there's a lot of gentrification going on there's yeah. a lot of areas and pockets that just don't have access to broadband and to the internet and so you know you, you uh, education is derailed. Healthcare is derailed. This is before electronic medical records became a big thing. Like mm -hmm. all of this stuff, all of these different areas, civic participation, you know, um, there's so many different areas. And so for me, it was a matter of going out into the community, identifying the key players. And then we would have this huge summit. And with the huge summit, we would invite celebrities to be a part of that. Okay. So it was a part of my process to get celebrities on board before I did that. And my the guy who I reached out to, his name is Tavis Smiley. Tavis Smiley is a well-known journalist, um, has several New York Times best-selling books out. He's been um, on Time Magazine's most influential people in the world several times. Mm -hmm. He's interviewed presidents. He's had his own show for over 10 years. Um, and he was the person who I had a relationship with that I reached out to, um, to help me get out here. And so yeah. And then from there, you started technically talent producing. Yeah. So when I got out here, I got out here December the 9th. We, mm -hmm. It was on a Sunday. I'll never forget. I like how you you remember specific 736 book sales on <laughs> December 9th. Here we go. <laughs> I mean, yeah, December 9th, 2012. Yeah. Um, I got out here on a Sunday. As soon as I landed, his assistant picked me up. Um, I went and dropped my bags off and we met at a diner. And so two weeks before I got ready to come out here, the producer of this event that he was doing for the presidential inauguration was leaving. Mm. And so he asked me two weeks before I moved out here, he was like, do you think you can produce this event? Now, I don't know what she was doing. That's pretty quick. But as soon as I got there, I got handed a manila folder and essentially I had to do everything. Book all of the talent, produce the event, like truly produce the event, find the venue, and this was, it, the, the the event was going to be January 17th, 2013. <laughs> so I had from December 9th to 2000, I mean, mm -hmm. December 9th to January 17th to produce talent, find a venue, do all of this stuff with C-SPAN and CNN. Like, it was crazy. And if you can imagine doing that through the holidays, 
I was working 20 hour days, you know, and um, that's hmm. that was that was something that's really memorable for me because I was I was broke, but I wasn't all the way broken. Hmm. Um, and I was I was trying to prove myself to to him that I could do this. And, you know, I, I got it done. And when I got it done, it trended number one on Twitter. And he looked at the me. event did. Yeah, it, wow. it, invented, it, it trended number one on Twitter. This was during the presidential inauguration, Barack's second term, uh, or President Obama, respectfully. Um, and he looked at me and he said, "I can't afford to lose you. What would it cost for me to keep you?" Wow. And I said, uh, "He said, take some time, go away." <laughs> and so I, after a few days, I came back to him and I gave him a number, and he was like, <sighs> and I was like, "What?" He was like, "Man, I thought you were going to charge me more." And so I. That was a lesson learned for me because mm-hmm. I thought the amount that I had put out there was, was high. substantial. And so I went on to produce another event for him. That one did well, too. And then I got a call uh, to come on to the Arsenio Hall show to oversee talent. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, how – so that's crazy. So um, December 7th? Okay, I'm going to try no, and – December 9th. Sorry. December 9th. Yep. To Arsenio Hall. How many – months was that so it was from december i got the call for arsenio in april may dude that's so quick yeah like most that turnaround doesn't happen for a lot of people why do you think that turnaround happened for you well (laughs) the executive producer of Mm -hmm. tavis's uh uh tv show also was executive producing the event that i did and so he's and a huge Alabama fan, and his uh, family's from Alabama. Okay. And so uh, when I heard that he was leaving Tavis to go to Arsenio and he was going to be executive producer of that show, I reached out to him and asked him if there was anything that I could help him with. I just want to help. Remember, I'm in that process. I'm just trying mm-hmm. to add value. I'm just trying to help. Wasn't looking for a job, any of that stuff. And he said, yeah, come over and just talk to me. Like, let's let's just sit down and talk. And so I, I went in, I talked, and – we didn't say shit about a job. We didn't talk about a job. We talked about Alabama football for yeah. two hours. Mm-hmm. And so it got to the point where I'm like sitting here thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, are we going to like, what's, what's going on? And he goes, so you remember that event that you did for Tavis? And I said, yeah. He goes, that was the best event I've ever seen. And the wow. way that you were around talent, the way that you handled, he said, I don't know how you handled. Cause you're talking about Newt Gingrich and like all of these high level you know, elected and not officials. just not yeah, like politicians and like officials. Like yes. that's another level, man. Yes, like next level. And so you're dealing with their security and all yeah. that stuff. And he was like, "Listen, man, the way that you handled those people, I want you to come over here. And if you can oversee the talent for Arsenio, would you be open to that?" And I'm like, "Open." I'm like, and I'm still at this point. I'm not <laughs> thinking job. I'm thinking I'm just helping. Yeah. And he goes, "Yeah." So we'll have the executive in charge reach out to talk about salary and all that stuff. I'll let you all figure that out. And dude. At the time, you know, my girlfriend was outside waiting on me. Yeah, I got a girlfriend quick, you know, as soon as I moved to L.A. And, man, I, I walked outside those doors, and I just dropped to my knees, and I cried because it's like everything that I had been working hard for, uh, finally, like, I felt like I, I could breathe a little bit, you know? I just got chills, dude. But, yeah. like, so you ask the moment, so you ask God to, like, strip you. So going back and looking at it, what did he strip you of? Like, let's start there. Like, how? what was the bare bones moment of where you felt like you were like? He took away that security blanket. Which was? Which was my job. Mm. You know, I feel like he put it into me for things to start happening for me to walk away from that opportunity. It wasn't that they fired me or anything like that. But, man, listen, I've been really, you know, 
conscious and aware of I've been put on this planet to 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 inspire people. Mm-hmm. And it stems back to my childhood of just playing sports, of always wanting to be the rah-rah guy, always being the leader, always being the captain on the team. I was a quarterback. I was the point guard. I was always in those leadership positions. Mm-hmm. And what I've gotten to – what I've come to find out as an adult is that some of us have a calling in life. Mm-hmm. Very few answer the calling. Yeah, very, very few. Very few answer the calling. Mm-hmm. And those that have a calling have a real, 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 like, responsibility to humanity. And you're going to go through, or I say grow through stuff, mm-hmm. than a, like that's more intense than a lot of people normally would because the calling is so heavy. And so for me, man, um, you know, I felt like God had, he was calling me. He was calling me. And so he just stripped me down of pretty much everything to really get clear and focused on what he wanted me to do and what direction that he wanted me to go in. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching uh, Arsenio Hall. Like, this is a true story. That's cool. I was watching uh, Pastor Joel Osteen. I was watching Bishop T.D. Jakes. I watched The Pursuit of Happiness probably 600 times. <laughs> Literally, I watched, and I probably watched Coming to America the same. And I said to myself, there was an aha moment one day. I was just like, because I was down, dude. I just didn't have no money. I was just trying to figure it out. Just trying to hustle any way I could to just get some money legally. <laughs> and um, yep. I said, man, one day I'm going to work with them. Somehow, some way, I'm going to work with them. Because this was around the time I was asking myself, man, what is your dream? Like, what do yeah. you ultimately want to do? And are you living your dream? And when you're at the bottom, you have nothing to lose. You have absolutely nothing to lose. And I hate that it took somewhat of a catastrophic event for me to get to that point. And which is why, you know, with this book, I say that I don't want people to get to that moment where you lose everything to have to finally, like, start acknowledging your dreams. Mm -hmm. But I said I was going to work with everybody. Within six months, (laughs) I had I had worked with I'm I'm now in the Arsenio Hall show. That's crazy. Six months. That's wild. man. Yeah. Dealing with Arsenio Hall on a daily basis. Uh, we booked uh, Pastor Joel Osteen. We booked no. We I'm, I'm lying. We didn't book Pastor Joel Osteen, but I built a relationship with his people. Although he didn't come on the show, I got a chance to meet with him and talk to him. I booked. I'm a, well. Yeah, we booked uh, uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes, and then recently, two years ago, I got a chance to work with Will Smith, and I got a chance to t- tell him thank you for the pursuit of happiness uh, mm-hmm. because that that changed my life because that feeling when yeah. will walked out of <laughs> out of that door after he got that yes at the end like that's mm-hmm. how i felt when i first when got the job arsenio yeah did you when you did you literally drop down to your knees oh absolutely i love I'll it cry. i have no problem sharing my emotions i will cry yeah like, <laughs> i love yeah, it yeah yeah for sure was it just like right outside the door you just immediately just absolutely. like yep he didn't see it the executive <laughs> producer it. he didn't see it but uh yeah. i did it yeah as soon as i felt it that's so cool like man like yeah, props on that. Thank you. That's just so cool. What working th- with all the talent you have, of course, we like to say they're normal people, but or even with someone watching you speak, they're like, yeah, Brian, we get it. Right. You were suicidal. You know, you right. gone through stuff, but you don't understand me. Right. So, what is something that you've noticed in successful? Because just because you're famous doesn't mean you're successful right. or at that time or in that moment. Right. It depends on your definition. But what's something on what you deem as success? What's something in common that people wouldn't expect? From celebrities? Yeah. The, 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 the urge or the desire 
to stay relevant. Hmm. And if if they're not relevant, they're not successful. And that bothers them sometimes, uh, a lot of times. And so I, I've noticed that. I've also noticed that, you know, there's certain celebrities who are on camera. Like, they, they bring it off camera. They're to themselves. They really don't really want to be bothered because they may be processing and having a lot of different things going on. Um, I've also noticed more so than anything the power and the influence that they have on humans. And some of them are conscious of it. Some of them aren't conscious uh. of it. The ones that are conscious, you have some that use it to the greater good, and you have some that use it for their own personal good. And I say the greater good in the sense where they utilize it in a way where they they want to affect and use that platform to help inspire and bring about you know more change to a lot of people globally. Some people are just really just self-sabotaging. It's all about them. It's all yeah. about them. So I've seen a lot of it. But more importantly, man, I always get to ask the question, to a lot of celebrities because I'm notorious for asking them, you know, what advice could you give me? You know, and a lot of them are always just talking about, man, just being committed. Like this is a, you have to truly be committed if you want this or if you want anything in life. Mm -hmm. um, you know, LL Cool J told me once, he said, regardless, you have to look yourself in the mirror. You are an African-American in an industry that's not necessarily, or a world that's not really necessarily beneficial for you. You gotta be the best. Mm -hmm. You gotta show up earlier. You gotta be the best when you get there. You gotta stay late. You got to be the best. And so that resonated with me. Um, most recently I had a conversation with Snoop Dogg and I told him, I said, Snoop, your voice <laughs> is needed. Anytime you speak, you transcend culture. Yeah. Like, you had a show with Martha Stewart. You know and what I mean? Literally, like, the sound of his voice and just like what he says. Yes, yeah, and, yeah. and and we lit. You listen to Snoop Dogg, uh -huh. and he's so honest. I mean, this guy was a, you know, former. He's a former gang member. Like he, mm -hmm. like he's been through it all. But he's so vulnerable. He's so honest, and he always shares so much. And I was a little hesitant, but I told Snoop. I said, Snoop, <laughs> man, listen, respectfully, so your voice is needed. I need you to open up your mouth more. Wow. I need you to open up your mouth more because mm -hmm. when you open up your mouth, people listen and you always got something to say. And he like stepped back and like took his shades off. Yeah. And he goes, I appreciate you for being real and honest and raw enough to have that conversation with me to even tell me that. I appreciate you for being That's who dope. you are and the world needs more people like you. And it was just like, I'm the kid from Skipperville <laughs> seven years ago who was trying to you know consider taking my life and just trying to figure it out and here i am having a conversation with snoop and he looks at me and he says the world needs more people like me that's pretty dope man yeah yeah i just kind of i'm just like soaking that in right now yeah that's so cool so seven years you've accomplished a lot i know you're someone who's always going to keep improving and growing so what's the next the big vision like right now like where what are you headed toward I'll say this. I don't even feel like I've gotten started. Dude, and that's fun. Dude, even talking to you right now, I kind of feel like the same way for you. Like, I don't want to use the word bigger because, you know, like, we'll just, I don't like comparisons, but like, Jay, obviously the biggest content, you know, viral person on Facebook. And like, just sitting and talking with you and like, yeah, like watching your videos and researching you. 
and even more so talking to you now. It's like, dude, this, yeah, I totally, I'm just saying, I totally feel that, that you're just getting started. Yeah. I, I, like I'm just now getting started. I, I think through the seven years, you know, there's been a lot of curiosity and a lot of me just trying to figure out certain things. It's more, it's more so like trying to find your voice. Mm. And so for me, I've been just behind the scenes building relationships and learning the skill to become competent. And, you know, my business partner and I, man, like, you know, she saw something in me that I didn't even see in myself. Mm-hmm. And we came together and, and, and figured out a way to start going out. And we created this web series called the Dreamer Series. You know, we traveled the country interviewing people. And, you know, we didn't necessarily have the best business plan together, but we just <laughs> we started doing things. And so that, I think through I can me, resonate with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think through me yeah. trying things. I mean, I put out this book five years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, this October is going to be the, the five year anniversary. I, I've, I've done a, my book tour. I feel like I've been doing a lot of testing. And building relationships and building skill. Mm-hmm. Now I've gotten to that point where I'm confident enough to fully go out and exercise those in a way to bring about true transformation to the world. I can take my experiences, mm-hmm. everything I've learned personally, professionally, and really give something to people. I put out my first two videos that were for say Jay Shetty ish style. Yeah. And man, they reached over 2.7 million people. Did you promote those at all? No. Let's see, yeah. And that's crazy. Organic. And so, you know, for years, mm-hmm. I've been trying to put out content. <laughs> yeah. But I've gotten 500 views, 300 views, yeah. 137 views. But I did have to make the investment into a production company to learn to utilize their resources mm-hmm. and their infrastructure. And so, you know, the first video about suicide, I, I put that out. And, you know, it's gotten close to 250,000 yep. views. It's doing really well. And then I put another one out about success. And that's doing really well, too. And so the amount of the responses that I've gotten from people, the messages, how you saved my life. I got to give you this story real quick. Yeah, I did. So true story. My business partner, she can attest to this. I put out the suicide video and there's this guy who inboxes me. And so I, I immerse myself into my messenger because I wanted and I into comments into everything because eventually I'm going to hire somebody to do all of that. But mm. for now, I want it to feel, I want to understand, I want it to know before I bring somebody on board to actually do that. Mm-hmm. And so there's this guy that messaged me. He's like, man, listen, my wife left me. She took my two kids. I'm not able to see my two kids. I am just at the point where I don't want to live anymore. He said, it's, it's, it's too heavy to burden. It's, it's just, yeah. it's too much. And anybody that always says this to me, I've come to find out, and this is not any type of psychological study or anything that I've read, but what I've found through my experience, anytime you're you're, you're in a position like that and you're thinking about yourself, always tell people to go serve somebody else. Mm -hmm. Go volunteer. Remove this thing and this pain about you because there's something about the human connection and emotion that we have, but when we help somebody else, there's a reason why it feels good. And so when you do that, you alleviate and, 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 and get rid of self. And so we're talking, and then all of a sudden he's like, I just can't do it anymore. And he falls off the face of the earth. No way. And I'm like, oh, shit. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, God, I pray that this guy does not do anything to himself. Mm-hmm. And so I start going through his Facebook, stalking him in a way, and 
I find some family members and I reach out to his family members and and I guess I came across his dad. And so I sent his dad a message and and he goes, I say, do you know so-and-so? I think, you know, he's in a bit of a crisis right now. I was very careful about my wording. I think you should check on him. And he goes, his response was something like F you. And I said, okay. And he goes, if you keep, if you send me something else like this, I'm going to find you and I'm going to hurt you. This guy's in England. Like he's in England and he seems like he's a real, or he might be Dutch or something. He's going to come from my head. I'm (laughs) saying, I want to have the Dutch mafia on me. Like, I don't know what's (laughs) going on. So I let it be. Five days later, he sends me a message. The, The father. The father apologizing saying that he didn't know that his son who he felt was so strong was dealing with something like that Mm. and so he he just he said you know i'm extremely apologetic thank you so much he's on watch right now we got him some help and so without you like maybe my son would have took his life bro so when you deal with something like that listen any celebrity I've worked with, any experience I've done, there is nothing in life that is more fulfilling than to know that you took some content, yeah. you were vulnerable enough, and what I went through was not for me. Yeah. It was for somebody else. And the, the hundreds of messages that I've gotten about people wanting to take their life and say, because of this video, I'm, I'm not going to take my life. Like, I've literally got messages to say, I was thinking about taking my life until I saw this video. Do you know the Mm. feeling? And for me, it's so heavy that sometimes I just want to get into a ball and curl up because Mm -hmm. it's like, wow, like this is what it's for. And so when you ask me, what am I doing now? (laughs) I am doing more of that. I'm taking my personal experiences and putting them into a video form to inspire more people, you know, globally. And that's all I'm focusing on for the next 12 to 15 months and then after that we'll see if i'll do a show we'll see if i'll do more stuff but it's really all about content creation right now for me um you know doing some speaking engagements a few of those keeping my voice learning my voice on different platforms but man content creation at its highest is what i'm getting ready to do that was a fantastic answer (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was awesome dude holy cow like i love that story and props to you for not just because for some people it could feel good like just by him sending you a message like i did my job right but he disappeared and you took the action to go find his family right dude that's awesome like good for you i was scared i was scared no lie i mean i was really scared i mean i didn't want to go on find like reaching out to somebody but when he fell off the face of the earth Mm -hmm. and in the midst of conversation i'm like oh god maybe he did it and i just didn't want that on my conscience so taking that extra step and it just goes to show, man, the power of Facebook and the power of video yeah. and all of that good stuff, too, as well. Dude, that's awesome. That's so cool. I'm just kind of just like sitting in awe. I love that stuff so much. So through all of this, you are putting in a lot of testing and experimenting and learning. Does patience come naturally to you? Yes and no. Yes and no. I can be really patient. But I can be really impatient too. I have to calm myself down because sometimes I do have the microwave mentality. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of like on that. the on the cusp of what is it, Gen X and uh, what am I, uh, millennial? Millennial and uh-huh. I'm Gen Y though, right? I'm Gen Y, I think. Okay. 
So I, I have this thing where sometimes that instant gratification and like wanting things there. I mean, if, if you look at our society right now, you can sit on your couch, you can get a date from your couch, you know, you can get food <laughs> yeah. from your couch, you can get groceries delivered from your couch, you can get a book same day ordered to you. I mean, sent to you. Um, everything is instant. You know, you can get in your car and go anywhere you want to go. You can call an Uber. Everything is instant. And so for me right now, looking back at it, I've been patient. And patience has gotten me to this point of having true confidence and competence to be able to go out. Because the responsibility, going back to the calling, is so much, man. And being around these celebrities to see how they deal with the interaction of the world and how people... You know the things that they say or they don't say and how they're criticized and judged i had to go through these seven years Mm. to be able to learn how they walk how they talk how they think because i understand that my calling is for me to serve the masses and so that comes with a huge responsibility and so that i've been patient over the last seven years but it was that patience even if it was something subconsciously that i was doing it was you know it, it happened and so now it's about of I'm a little bit impatient because I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready yeah. to get out there. And the thing that I'm conscious about now, I keep saying conscious, but yeah, the thing that I'm <laughs> conscious about now, Brian, you don't compare yourself to nobody else yep. in their journey. This is your journey. Mm-hmm. You don't compare anything, the, the videos, the views, like of course you want to be able to scale, but what's truly going to make a difference in your life right now is if you just focus on the content and the specifics and the things that you're doing and everything else will happen. I'm not a Brendan Burchard. I'm not a Trent Shelton. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Jay Shetty. I'm not a Lewis House. Mm-hmm. I am Brian DeMond Johnson. Boom. And that's it, you know? So that's how I look at it. Mm-hmm. I'm very mindful of that. I don't want to compare myself to nobody else because you know, if you get me talking, I'm really country, you know, <laughs> nobody else is me and Brian is Brian. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, that's one thing that I'm really keeping in the top of my mind. But I feel like these individuals have paved and carved out the way and they've given us uh, a, a process and kind of about what you said earlier, that at the end of the day, like, you know, what Brendan says is what Brendan says. And I think it works, mm-hmm. but sometimes you got to take what he says and make it work for you and that takes some testing and all that other good stuff so i'm in a great place man i'm happy you know i've won two emmys uh on carpool karaoke yes um this is my last season because i I, i'm at that place where i'm really ready to go out and it's very difficult to do that trying to do both you know and so i'm really Mm -hmm. centering myself and getting more focused and aligned and and that's kind of i was going to ask too is like in you know jumping into one um, dude, I'm excited for you, man. Um, this is going to be really cool to watch your meteoric. That's not the, <laughs> is that how you, how do you say it? Meteoric. There we go. Thank you. Yeah. I <laughs> Ascension. You. I you. Yeah. You're going to rock it taking off. Um, so you've, you have a ton of success. You're happy, but what challenges, what challenges you every day right now? Hmm. Challenge me to do what? Just in general. Hmm. Like, do you have anxiety? Do you? Like what? Cause we're all human. Yeah. And for me, dude, like even before you guys came, you guys can't see you, but like before you came, like I woke up, um, you know, six thirty, and I was in a state of not anxiety, but just immediate, just reacting to the world. Right. I, you know, had to meditate. You know, had to drink my tea. 
you know, I had to like eat breakfast and like kind of study and, you know, finishing some podcasts to get into the state. And I've noticed I've had to do this every day. Mm. And this is newer for me this year that I've never had to do that before. Right. Like I would just woke, woke up and I was ready to go. Right. But, you know, ex- having more life experiences, you do kind of have those things you have to work through. So what are those things that you have to work through every day? Defeating self mm. and uh, ending bad habits, um, getting rid of bad habits and putting together a process that allows me to stay consistent. You know, I I, I struggle with depression. I talk about that in my book. Um, you know, I have a therapist. I have processes and things that I have to do to overcome. I know that if I don't work out, I know what happens. I know if uh, if I don't go see my therapist, I know what happens. I, kn- I know what happens if I drink too much. Mm. Um, uh, you know, there's so many things that um, have the ability to affect me in a large way. You know, if I'm not if I'm not volunteering, if I'm not actively working or putting out some sort of inspirational content, if I'm not giving something to people like I feel a certain type of way so I'm very conscious of that and uh for me man it's 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 a matter of the fact that I know it you know every day is a struggle but right now the biggest thing for me is that we're getting ready to make this transition I say we me and my business partner we're making this transition to really truly scale these videos and put them out in a way where they really do change lives and there's a financial piece to that and mm-hmm. so I think a lot of times we go out and we want to create content but it, it takes money you it know? really does it takes money <laughs> you know because yeah. you're in this this pond or mm-hmm. this sea of everybody that's trying to do stuff and there's a lot of things I've learned from Jay there's a lot of things I've learned from Trent and people that are putting out you know high level content but it takes money so for us right now it's really about how can I take my experiences package them up and put them out in a way where we're able to generate revenue in order to fund what we want to do. You know, chapter six in this book is all about cash flow. It's my dream to inspire. So I got to create and generate the cash flow in order to go out doing that. So that's probably one of my biggest challenges right now because I know a lot of times we go out and we don't have no financial model in place. We just, we're inspired to want to create. And that's great. Mm -hmm. But you got to have some sort of financial piece on the front end. And I think a lot of times what I was doing here recently, I was trying to tell people, a book is the best way to start. And this doesn't have to be your memoir. It doesn't have to be your grand opus. Like, but you have some sort of skills that you can actually give back to the world and you can package that up and put it into a book. So this thing is not only, it's doing, it's doing several things. We do a good deed by putting this out. I get a chance to speak. But I get a chance to help people. Like this book is interactive. You know, by the time you finish the book, like you have, you know, you have a, a plan. And one thing I had to take into consideration when I wrote this, this is strictly for beginners. Mm. And sometimes even me, I have to go back to the beginning and learn stuff, you know, whether it be about a webinar, whether it be about mm. building an email list or whatever it is, you got to learn. So this is a book for beginners. Um, we got more to come. And so my biggest challenge right now, man, is just getting out of my own way and making shit happen. Live your, live your dreams out loud. Yeah, Live your dreams out loud. You know, that... Mm-hmm. Live your dreams is a very cliche term, but out loud is really about you taking the action. Okay, yeah, so that's good. So is that the main difference? Because, you know, live your dreams. Everyone says that. So what's the differentiator with out loud? Out loud is about you taking the action. You know, um, I think, like you said, live your dreams is a very cliche term. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's like 
I want to give you the tangible steps because as a dreamer, sometimes you're just – your mind is really lucid. You're all over the place. Mm. I wanted it to be tangible. I wanted it to be really, really tangible. So that's why we made the book interactive. Um, and like I said, it's not the standard, but it is a way and a process and a methodology for you to go about thinking, hmm, I'm here. If I read this book, by the time I read this book, hopefully I'm able to develop a plan to actually – go live my dreams mm -hmm. out loud so you live the dream i mean you when you read the book you're kind of like living the dream but out loud is about you taking action once you get the knowledge and the information to go out and, and do what you Dude, need to do that's dope okay so we're getting close to wrapping up yep but i have a segment in the show it's called scroll my soul okay so what that means is you can see i'm on my computer let me find this note real quick but what happens is you know from reading books conversations what what have you um, anything I'm inspired by, it could be a quote or a th my own thought. Mm -hmm. I go just keep, I have a huge running list. And so I'm going to scroll yep. and I stop. Okay. <laughs> so it's like, or, th you know, kind of a roulette situation. And then um, I just ask, like, what does it remind you of? What thoughts come up? Just okay. What you think about Immediate it. thoughts. Ooh, okay. So this is what, um, here we go. So this thought says, don't believe everything you think. Your thoughts are based on a true story, not 100% factual. Don't believe everything that you think. Your thoughts are based on a true story, but not 100% factual. I mean, that's... The quote itself, I mean, it says a lot, <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah. it's true. Like, you, you, you don't believe... Like, if I, if I believed everything that I thought... You know, because there's a lot of negative shit in there, too, as well. Like, um, I wouldn't be where I am today. Mm -hmm. So that whole thing about don't believe everything you think you think your thoughts are based on a true story, not 100 percent factual. Hmm. Or I like the one right below it. We can switch this up, too. So the more conclusions you make, the less you, the less alive you become. Hmm. That's interesting. So the more conclusions you make the less alive you become because you you spend so much time coming up with the conclusions instead of just living mm -hmm. i see that as being more present and that's what i love about a person like brendan like it talks about you being present instead of being in your being in your mind drawing up all these false narratives these conclusions and you don't necessarily get to a place where you're just present and you're just living and that's so important so yeah to that second point i do know i got to come back to that first one though. it's kind of <laughs> I want to be able to explain that a little bit better, but is there another one that you it, want to go it through? It can be food on, food for thought. Yeah. Well, dude, just look on that page. Does anything pop up to you? I only usually just do one. But. Oh, I, I like that one. I like Kobe's challenge. Reach out to someone you have been thinking about. I think that's important. There I think uh, I think going back to what I was saying about having processes in place, I think it's so important to just randomly reach out to somebody and check on them and tell them that you love them. You know, I've done that. I don't do it as much as I should, but I've done it. And it's very rewarding and fulfilling. Yeah. Um, yeah, because, like, if you think we pull out, it's fine. I'm, I actually did this. Um, I can't remember. I was in it on the, the other day flying in the airport. You could just scroll aimlessly. Yeah. How about you send five texts? Yeah, as long as it's not your ex, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we won't get into that. <laughs> but, yeah, you can do it. You can do it. Mm -hmm. And, uh I'll say this for those that are watching this, anybody that's, you know, you're trying to figure life out, 
find somebody that's already done this in some kind of way. It doesn't have to be the exact thing. And, you know, one thing I'm working on personally is getting out of my own way in the Mm -hmm. sense where I know and I understand that sometimes I overthink things versus just taking the action. And everything doesn't have to be, you don't have to have everything figured out. You don't have to have it all together. You will never have it all together. There's no such thing as a perfect life. Perfection does not exist. It may be what's best, but it's not perfection um, because anything can always be tweaked and altered. And so if you're in this process right now, just trying to figure it out, find somebody that's already been successful because I, I just posted about this today. I was talking about opportunity cost. An opportunity cost in a sense of to make this really tangible I've been trying to do videos for quite some time Mm -hmm. and I've missed out on so many opportunities because I had, it's cost me a lot of money. It's cost me a lot of time. It's cost me a lot of pain and I wasn't really hitting the mark. But when I made a decision to invest into myself, to find somebody that's already been really successful at doing it, it goes back to the foundation of what brought me to LA, Mm. you know, finding somebody that's already been successful at what it is that you want to do. And when I made the investment into the, the production of the videos, I learned what to do and it cost me a lot. It cost me a lot to invest, but you can look at that. That's very subjective. That was an investment, but it, the, the, it cost me a lot of time. If I would have made this investment years ago, would I be in a different position? I don't know, but don't let, you know, when it comes to opportunity costs, if there's something or somebody, there's a coach, there's a service, something that you need to invest into that's going to scale or accelerate your path, don't try to do everything on your own. Mm-hmm. It's too it's too taxing on your on your uh, your overall psyche. Yeah. I love it, dude. Well, man, I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to come chill in the Palisades and have a dope combo, man. Yeah, I love it, man. Look <laughs> at this place, dude. Like you're living the life. This is what everybody, you know, dreams of. You're in the Palisades. You're in this bungalow. You, know, <laughs> you got Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah. You know, all you need to do is just grab a book and a glass of wine and you'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this is like, that's the fight. Like, this is what I love. And for real, man, I really appreciate this. It means the world to me. Um, is there anything else on like your mind, your heart or your soul that you want to share before we peace out? Yeah, I want to share. I want to say to you, mm-hmm. uh, congratulations to you for taking the journey. Mm-hmm. And it's a journey, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and, it is. And, and Already I, three it, weeks in. <laughs> yeah, and you're just getting started. Barely. And, and so... You know, I rarely I'm trying to do better about, you know, how I spread my time. But, you know, Julie, I met her at uh, Power for You for the first time and I checked you out. And I Mm -hmm. normally sometimes just don't even look at people. I just, Mm -hmm. you know, if if I pitch it to my team and they like it, then we'll do it. Um, But I did some research on you, too, as well. And I just want to say, man, just stay steadfast in the journey like you're committed Mm -hmm. to it now. And what you're doing right now is, you know. You can't really see and fathom what's going to come. But the consistency and the commitment will breed so much th- mm. stuff that you can't even really see. And so those two things will um, are the success. And so when times get hard and you're not, you know, you're not necessarily hitting the marks that you want to, mm-hmm. stop thinking about yourself and think about the people that you're serving. Maybe put out a video. Tell people exactly how you feel. Because people want to be a part of your journey. They want to be yeah. a part and they want to grow with you through this. So as you're on this journey, man, just continue to inspire. But I just want to say thank you for creating this platform. Thank you for, you know, doing the work. And thank you for being a person that's, 
you know, embodying the spirit of what it is that you're teaching and you're doing. Yeah, that means a lot, man. Thank you. Yeah, man. I appreciate that. All right. Well, we're out of here. Leave your Live your dreams, not quietly. Live the, them out loud. Can I tell them where to go get the book? Dude, Live your dreams out loud dot com. Um, I'm not sure when this is going to air, but I'm actually doing a free training uh, next week, I think it is. It's all about transforming your life, giving you the inspiration and motivation that you need to get started with your dream path. Um, the six steps that I've developed is a deeper dive of this actual book. Um, so if you go to live your dreams out com, you can get all of that information. So thank you all so much for your support. Keep supporting this man. We love him and what he's doing. <laughs> Thanks bro. All right. Adios y'all. What up gang? Hope you loved that conversation with my dude, Brian. Make sure you go check out his book and go leave a review for real right now. Press pause. Go leave a review on Apple, on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. It really helps the show. So please, I would love your support and we appreciate it. Give a shout out to Brian, your favorite part about the interview. And remember, if you want to be involved in the membership, weekly conversations, an extra community, private, you know, exclusive content, we're going to discuss, be discussing fear, like of the uncertainty and many other things, including how to deal with negative thoughts living intentionally, the beauty of being alone, creating an abundant mindset. So there's just a few of the things. Make sure you go sign up because I'd love to see you there. And this week's challenge is inspired by Brian and his book, Living Your Dream Out Loud. And why this is a really interesting challenge. It's really simple, but I would encourage you every, I mean, all these challenges are highly encouraged to literally yell your dream out loud to call it out loud, to manifest it. Even if you need to write it down at first and then whisper it and then say it normal voice, but then you yell it. We want you to yell, to live your dream out loud. Like if you can't say your dream to yourself, if you can't write it down, how are you gonna live it? You know what I mean? How are you gonna live your dream out loud? So this is super simple. Just yell whatever you want, your biggest dream, your biggest passion, whatever it is that you feel just fired up about, yell it out loud this week because that, because you got to call it into your life. So live your dream out loud. Go follow Brian, go get his book. And remember my friends, if it's anyone, it's you. If it's any time, it is right now. Today's, it's a new day. Who cares about yesterday? Who cares what you did or didn't do? You can always choose today if you if the month, if January 2020, the beginning of the de- decade wasn't what you wanted, you can always start today. Today is a new day. It's okay. We're imperfect. Embrace it. Let's go. I love y'all. Have an amazing day.